Hi everyone, welcome to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. It's November and things are getting kind of hectic with conferences and presentations and classes and special events. So there is a possibility that we might take a couple weeks off this month from podcasting. But I appreciate your support. I appreciate you sticking with us. I appreciate you still sharing themes and topics and ideas that are creating challenges and concerns for you or just things to celebrate because you know we want to celebrate the messiness of life with kids and pretty much the messiness of life in general. Uh, it's been really, really fun talking about See Me, Hear Me, Love Me to lots of different audiences as we figure out how to pause to really connect in a relationship with ourselves, in a relationship with each moment so that we can feel ourselves grounded and connected to our own emotions, to the crazy thoughts that go through our brains, and then to connect with our children so that we can see them and understand them and help them move forward in really fabulous, constructive ways. So thank you. And um, today I've pulled one, a podcast from our, from our archives. It's the one on temperament. Because we're going to talk about temperament in the baby class this week, I do feel like it's the theme that grounds us when we approach how we manage sleep, how we manage potty training, how we manage the transition to school understanding what your child brings to to change to situations to comfort to regularity and here's another reason why that topic is so important this week because we've just come through time change so time change shows us a little glimpse into temperament because the easy kids they go with the flow they manage it seemingly effortlessly. The slow to warm up children, they tiptoe through it, they adjust slowly and gradually, um, they can drive non-slow to warm up parents crazy because they take their time. Um, and then the intense temperament children, they just <laughs> wheels fall off because it's, oh no, how dare has the world, how has the world changed out from under me? So consider temperament when you're experiencing whatever time change challenges have been presented for you this week. And I hope you enjoy this podcast from our archives. Because whether your child is easy, slow to warm up, or all out challenging, um, or in, in a better phrase, spicy, um, we want you to be able to celebrate your child, yourself, and each day exactly as you are. Have a great week, and we'll catch up with you next week. Bye. Today's podcast is personality at birth, connecting to your child's temperament. I love, love, love this topic because I believe that understanding children's temperament is the key to all parenting. It's the way to understand your child's rhythms and routines, preferences and strengths. We understand better how to comfort, how to encourage new skills and new situations, how to master change and unpredictability. When we understand a child's temperament, we understand that children are individual people with their own way of being in the world. So according to the research on temperament, there are three temperament styles, easy, slow to warm up, and intense. Children, of course, can be a combination of these temperament styles based on combinations of their responses to nine different characteristics. Okay, here comes the nine. Activity level, regularity, distractibility, intensity, sensitivity, adaptability, persistence, approach withdrawal, and mood. These characteristics are present in the first 24 hours. They will be there when your child becomes a toddler pushing for their independence, when your child is potty training, starting kindergarten, going off to college, and becoming parents themselves. Which means, yes, 
parents are some combination of these temperament styles too and how parents and children manage day-to-day -day routines and those big developmental challenges will be shaped by understanding one another's temperament style. So let's jump in. I have two fabulous guests at the square table today. Mom of an extraordinary, persistent, and intense boy, Brooke Rosenstein, and another mom of a quieter, watchful, equally extraordinary boy, Lori Steinberg. Brooke, Will you get us started with what you've learned about temperament over the last almost two years? Well, so it's very interesting because when my son Julian was born, we had a baby nurse in the home for a short time. And one of the very first things she said was she had never met a baby with a temper. And so it is true, I guess, that their temperament really is from birth. From birth, and I'm sad that she called it yeah. temper, um, because it's it's it was to me. I I want to shake that off as as much as I want to shake off shy and those other labels, because the temper was it was an intensity. It was a forceful way of being in the world. It was a way of saying, "Here I am. I know who I am. I know what I want, and I'm going to tell you loud and clear what my way is." And that's my Julian. Yeah. Yeah. But not a hundred, but now would you say he's a combination? Um, yes, a little bit. But this, there's, he knows what he wants, yes. and he's going to tell you. And he's very persistent yes. in that regard. But at the same time, he's incredibly adaptable. He is. So I'm not sure how that combination really works together. And I'm still trying to figure out how to Because it seems counterintuitive to call someone, because the other word for intense for this intense temperament is difficult. So all of a sudden you're saying, well, yeah, I have a child that's easy and difficult. But that's absolutely, because I see Julian as very easy. He walked into the family time classroom every new class like hey show me your cool stuff like i am here to enjoy i am here to jump in i'm not gonna sit back and watch and i'm not gonna be hesitant or hide behind mom's legs unless of course i just decide that you looked at me wrong today yeah. that then i'm gonna then i'm gonna stand back and go no no these are my terms yeah. but he likes change he likes new situations he's eager for all kinds of adventures, and he is adventurous, but he is persistent and tenacious. Yeah. Well, and as much as that is true, he also had two places where, that were like his comfort places in the classroom, in the little house where yeah. he would go, and you know, all the other kids would be in the circle or doing one activity in there. He was kind of off on the side, either in the house or at the top of the slide. slide. Mm -hmm. And those were kind of... I, I don't know if it's like a safe place or he likes to take it all in. And in that way, it's a lot like Dylan when he was coming into the classroom. He would wait back a little. And yeah, yeah. So. Okay, so tell me, um, because you guys were both very excited about the con about the topic. And, and so how has it shaped your parenting over the last two years? Like, what's different? Because obviously, when you have a child with this intensity, you're like, wait a minute, this isn't what yeah. I bargained for when I became a parent. I found you cannot fight intensity with intensity. So, and it started with the tantrums, which goes back to what we were talking about just before we started the, this which podcast. Which is a fabulous podcast on tantrums and fairy dust. Um, but... It, it's like a little explosion and like mm -hmm. you, you can't stop it. You have to just let him release yeah. or try to express what he's trying to get out. And then when it's over, it's all much more reasonable and easy to deal with. Yes. Um, it's, it's almost necessary for him. He, he can't de-escalate until he hits his peak. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the, the intense temperament <clears throat> child is zero to 60 in a flat second. But, and then right back. And then right back to calm. Oh, I'm all done with that. Let's move on mm -hmm. and go forward. He, the slow to warm up child sometimes holds on to like, oh, let me think about that some more. Let me process that. You know, we're not always finished when, we, when, when it's finished because we're lingerers. You know, things are very blurry in edges where, where intense children, they are the take the Band-Aid off fast and then you'll be over it. The slow to warm up child often needs the, okay, I'm going to take a little bit more. Take Take a deep breath. I'm going to take a little bit more. And so everything takes a lot longer. Um, where might you be 
in, and what have you learned about yourself and your temperament style as you've seen this experience? It's funny because I was always a very intense person. And since Julian's been born, I find myself, and my family has commented too, that I'm so so much more laid back and relaxed and easygoing. And maybe it's because of what I just said before, like you can't fight. Yeah with the same thing. So I think it's forced me to let go of a lot of my intensity. Well, I love that because... In a good way. What I love about it is I would have never guessed you were intense. I mean, I mean, same. Right? I mean, because she's just laid and back. Always, she's yeah, calm. I've always, always only known her as the mother. And before so we started the podcast, she was like, I'm going to take a few, draps, uh, right. a few breaths. You know, like you've, uh, you've, yeah. got, you've learned the skills. You've, you've learned the self-management, which is exactly what we want to teach kids. The mm-hmm. adaptability. We don't want to fix them, change them. We just want to give them the skills. But here's what I believe that I haven't seen in the literature anywhere, but I feel it in myself as someone who is intense and difficult. Um, I'm really drawn to children who are intense and difficult because they don't tire me out. It's like, sure, go ask me for the challenge because I want I want the challenge. I want to embrace the challenge. I'm drawn to that intensity. So last question before I then turn it over to Lori. Do you feel like there's a little bit of a match in that, in that temperament place between you and Julian? Um, that's a really good question. And I was thinking about it as you were started off the podcast and you were doing those descriptions. And I was thinking that he's really a blend of my husband and I. And I love that he's allowed me to open my eyes to being this more relaxed person. Okay. And, and I love you because you've taught me how to see him and how to embrace all Thank of you. those things and how to better manage it so that it's a positive experience and we're not... I mean, like, there are times that I really want to kill him. Like, it does you, take an you hour do to get out the, the door. You have the best examples. You have the best. I mean, you could write the book on this. <laughs> and your knowledge of what works and what doesn't work and your ability as a parent to find that for him is priceless. I mean, there's nobody who does it better from my eyes. So I, I do applaud that all the time. Um, okay, so I love it. And that's and that is just the other little piece of the research. And the research was done fifty years ago. I mean like it's insane that this still informs parenting across the board. And it wasn't just about how do you understand your child. It is how that the parenting mm, is the successful parenting is based on making finding that synchronicity between parent and child. And it's always a struggle, a challenge, an adaptation, and then the ultimate understanding. So you, you've mastered that. And, if you, and, and I believe if you master it at each stage, the, ch- the baby that won't sleep on a schedule, the baby that isn't, a, isn't eating predictably or is resisting whatever, or the slow feeder that's just like, oh my gosh, can we go faster? Or the child that's standing at the edge of the parachute like, I'm not go- jumping in, and the parent's like, get in there faster! So there's so many places that this creates daily struggles, and it's only and as, as you go through each stage with your child that you learn new skills and new awareness for yourself and your children. So, okay, Lori, so you have a really great take on this topic too. So I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I, um, you know, my child astounds me because my husband and I are so similar. It's almost like I married myself. We have a very distinct personality. We're both very intense. We're both risk takers. We're both very social. We just, we're, we're that, that kind of a person. And Dylan, from the get-go, is, he is his own little guy. I mean, he is definitely slow to warm up, and he's definitely easygoing. And those are two things that I would n- never, ever, ever describe myself as. It's right. sort of like a polar opposite. And I just sort of watch him in awe. I respect the way he is. Yeah. And I, like Brooke, have also really learned to adapt and help him be comfortable in situations. I think my husband still struggles with that sometimes because he is the sort of like push him to the parachute guy. Right. Whereas I figured Dylan out and I know Dylan will eventually be surfing on the parachute with a big smile. Right. But he's got to do it on his terms. Yes. And he he does warm up. He just, you know, it takes time. He's analytical. Um, He's measured. 
I mean, I'll never forget when we had a ice cream Sunday party the last day of Active Me in the summer, and you know, Leo had his whole—he wasn't even using his hands. His whole face was just in the bowl. I mean, his whole face was covered. There was no—he was just jump right in. And Dylan, sprinkle by sprinkle, you know, touch it just like he was with his smash cake, just like he is, you know little bit on the finger, smell it, look at it, lick it. He did eventually eat some of it, but he did it his way. And, you know, he just, I, I, I love it about him. I, but I, it's very fascinating to me. It's so amazing because what you see is a quiet power. And you see that, there, that there's no wrong way to do this. But it's the easy children who get, all of the accolades, like those are the parents that are, can walk around and go, oh yeah, he's he's a good boy. You know, it's, it's somehow easy means good. Easy doesn't mean good. Easy just means I have a certain way of presenting myself to the world and taking in the world. It also means that you don't have to work as hard with those easy kids. So when you're a parent of a slow to warm up or an intense child, you're like, you're exhausted. You're, you're, you're momentarily frustrated, like, right. let's go, or again, you know, so right. tell me the first times you might have run into the frustration or that just moment of, this isn't what I expected, like, you how, know, how did you get to know him? Little Jim is like the classic one for me, because, you know, there was this kind of like circle activity, and he hated it he cried every time he wanted to be carried it just it wasn't his thing and my husband really just kind of wanted needed him to just do that and be like the other kids and just be easy with it and I eventually just learned I'm gonna hold him in my arms and I'm gonna skip jump and do whatever activity it is and he would laugh and he would he felt the comfort of my arms and we were doing it but we were doing it on his terms so he could take it in and he could relax and then you know when we were sort of through that circle stuff in the beginning he could run and play and do his own thing and be happy whereas you know sometimes with Brett he would try to you know kind of like put him down and drag him around by his hand and Dylan would wind up sort of freaking out and not enjoy the class at all but I just always kind of go back to like those classes and um how it really kind of came out there but it, it's in a lot of these kind of mommy and me situations and those places where other people have expectations I mean first of course yep. it starts with your expectations on your child and on yourself you know like am I supposed to be able to manage this handle this change this and the my answer as a developmental educator is please know like why would you want to force a child to come to a circle when I know they're on the side of the room as engaged as as any child that's sitting right by my side and that I can look over and make deep eye contact that not only says I see you and I know you're with me but wink wink and I respect you and get you so like bravo for telling me how you want me to, to be with you because now you have social power. Right. So so two things I want to say here, and, and one is about Brett okay. uh, and about all the parents out there that, that get frustrated. Right. Because I think that is, I think both of you are the exceptions with surrendering and, and, and finding a way to honor who they are. I think it takes a long time and and part of the reason is that you're very vulnerable and Brett may not you know he just may not get it yet mm-hmm. under have seen him in enough circumstances to have the confidence for him but it but the that the frustration often comes from will it be okay if i allow this him to be himself right and, and the answer to will it be okay that you've both discovered is how can I help them move forward? If, if, I, if I create a win-win, if I, if I bring them to the circle with me and we're singing and dancing because that's what the teacher expects of me, mm-hmm. um, will he have fun? And you discovered, yeah. So you found out, okay, I could inch forward, he could meet me halfway, and we could go forward. With Julian, it happened with getting to the car. You know, like if, if I want to wear your bow, if I, you know, like if there's some drama, 
if I give in to this, and I, and I don't even mean the phrase give in, but it feels like I've lost, I'm giving in, and you get to the car and he's still resistant and still fighting, then you think, hmm, I'm still stuck. If you get to the car and he's like, let's sing my favorite song, let's have a great day, let's let it go and move forward, then you've walked the tightrope and you've both and all walked forward. Where And I think that's the secret. And nobody knows that beforehand. I mean, that's the trial and error. So we wish, I wish I could give Brett a guarantee that says, no, 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 just just do it his way. He's learned, but it took, you know, and I think, yeah. I think as moms, we spend a little more time with them when they're tiny, um, you know, when maternity leaves and a chance to kind of interact with them in lots of different social situations. And I think, you know, Brett as a father did eventually figure it out and did yeah. surrender, but... You know, it would. It was a challenge for both of us. Dylan's very different than our instinctual behavior. And what I also want to say is, I don't think it ever goes away because you and Brett will always be the person that feels like when you enter that new situation, the happy kids are the ones that are jumping in. The happy kids are the ones that are like carefree. Right. And and it's so interesting, I believe to know that that each of your children's carefree comes from a different place. They are carefree when they are themselves. And so when you see those shoulders relax, that's when they're carefree, not when they act the way you might have thought or other people think they should act. Yep. Go for, so where do you see the how do you see how do you judge the 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 collabor it's kind of a collaboration you know it is when the, when it was bonding and attachment well, the beginning of this research was all about attachment and bonding mm-hmm. the parents who bond deeply in infancy are the ones who learn the dance who I can't just control this baby this life this person I am in this dance where I do this they look back at me this way I tweak my response this way and so it's a maneuvering by by eighteen months it's not quite a dance. <laughs> it's it's a tango or it's a, a full-out collaboration. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because it also touches on something that I'm struggling with a little bit in that there's like a fine line between helping them progress and setting boundaries yes. and who's really in charge. Yes. And I struggle with that. And the current example that I'm going to give is his current school he was never, we never had a separation problem. He would always walk in. And now every day he's grabbing on. He won't let go. He's screaming, crying. And the teachers just want you to just drop him off, hand him off and leave and let him cry. But I know with him, it's like you have to walk him through the progression. He's happy all day long. When you go to pick up, he doesn't want to leave. Okay. So I'm trying to figure out the right balance for getting him happily and comfortably and safely into the classroom okay versus having him ripped out of my arms well, and let me start with something theoretical and then if you want to 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 talk about what you think is happening because um, there's no clear answer um i do and that's why i love that parenting is this problem solving guessing game trial and error it's it's this, it's and it, it, the other place that this analogy works but it's exactly like temperament is that middle of the night sleep training that comes around nine to 14 months. You know, let's say under six months you didn't sleep train, but nine months, the minute they start having object permanence and separation and stranger, when they want you, they want you. And so the question that, so so the cold turkey is the, the child who, if you go back in that room, they get more agitated. That will be the intense temperament child. The slow to warm up child absolutely needs a slow conditioning. Needs the, I'm gonna come in, I'm gonna rub your back, then I'm gonna walk towards the door, towards the door, towards the door. I'm gonna make it gradual. I'm gonna play a song. I'm gonna make it shorter and shorter and shorter. I'm gonna be on the outside of the door using my voice. See, I've got a lot of slow to warm up with me. I can go through a thousand strategies for slow to warm up. 
the intense temperament child doesn't give you all of that freedom. The, the intense temperament child is like, you come back in, I am hitting my max all over again, and I'm going to do it for two hours. So in terms of your drop-off, it sometimes people misread children. You know, we hope that all teachers are tuned into temperament, learning styles, respect, parent communication, routines, all of that, sometimes they miss the boat completely. Um, the question, it, and sometimes teachers do have to make decisions based on what works for the eight kids, because if they know that three other kids are going to lose it because one mom's in the room, then they sacrifice Julian's yes. half an hour for the well-being of the group. Not ideal, but again, I will say, if we're if we are individualizing and using developmental strategies, I can find win-win positive solutions for every scenario because I can look at what Julian will need in that classroom, even though he didn't have an ideal drop-off. I can think of other strategies that can help him on the other side of that door. So doesn't have to be a right or a wrong. The question then becomes: if you come back in the room, do you just prolong it? Or will he look at you in five minutes the way I do believe that that your guy would? Mm -hmm. Will he say, thanks, Mom, I'm all set, see you later, mm -hmm. and release you? Or are you coming back in the room because you need that permission for him to... If you're waiting for permission, you won't get it. No. So that's careful what, careful what your expectations are. I, I almost feel like he is smart enough to understand what's in the, like there's this wall and it's the classroom, it's inside. And I think if I could give him 30 minutes to walk like from the car through the door, look at all the things on the walls and like mentally prepare to be like, it's not preparing to be in the classroom, but it's processing all of the things along the way. Mm -hmm. It's like he doesn't want to be rushed. He's not ready to go into the okay. classroom. And now I think like this, just like dropping him and then yes. grabbing, now that's become a separate thing. Yes. And so now I think there's like some anticipatory anxiety about that drop off for him. But I think it's more about like, oh, there's acorns on the wall and I want to look at them and I want to touch them and I want to tell you and about so, them. And they don't want you to do the hall walk either? I try, so it's also more of a daycare environment. It's mm -hmm. not like a start, set, start time. But because it takes us an hour to go from our apartment to the car, we're always late. And then I don't want to interrupt the classroom. So I try to do it a little bit faster, but also kind of, you know, he wants to press the buttons on the door. He wants to lock himself in, so he wants to open <coughs> the door. He wants to touch all the things on the wall. And really, I could spend 45 minutes with him from the front door to the classroom. And so some of those might be stall test tactics. And that's... And that's where I'm what's going on. How long does he cry on the other side? How long does he cry when you leave? Um, it used to be like seconds. Yes. And now I think it's like minutes. I think he's okay. <laughs> I think he's okay. No. If you were in my I know for sure he's okay. Because, but. And, and so, but it doesn't mean it's easy for you. And the reason, and, and on the newsletter that we did on temperament, the two places where I use temperament the most, besides everywhere, is potty training and transition class. And what do I know about, I mean, what we know about transition and then development is that sometimes for a child that's anticipating and a child that likes things their way and they're avoidant about the inevitable, it's like walking a plank. You know, so we will say, um, you know, when, they, when, they, when it's time for school, please use carpool. And it rips parents up and they're like, it seems so cruel. But it's so much easier so much better, for but. children to leave you rather than you leave them. So it's black and white. It's clear. I mean, I've seen children change in a snap on that. Um, in which case, some. so it might be more black and white is one option. It, especially because he's not he's not holding on. I mean, once he gets on the other side of the door, he regroups. And it might just be torturing yourself to, to think you've got to give him all of that. Yeah. Where you could just look, validate the emotion and say, 
you know, Julian, I know you, it's, this is really hard to rush to class, but your teachers are there. They're waiting for you. We yeah. have to hurry, 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 get Julian to school. That's hurry, the hurry, word get Julian. Of the morning. But every morning. Okay, hurry, but hurry, it's hurry. hurry, hurry, drive the fire truck. You want to sing the hurry, hurry, drive the fire truck song. You want to say, hurry, hurry, get to your classroom. Hurry, hurry. You know, you have to find, you have to find the game and the language yeah. of him. The other day he walked in just fine. He was, I was, you know, I saw certain days I'll yeah. say, okay, we're going to, while we're driving to school, we're going to walk in, we're going to say hi, friends, it's going to be so much fun. You know, I try to get it. And some days that works and some days it doesn't. And it did the other day. He walked right in. There were no tears, nothing, easy, yeah. great day. Well, then I went to pick him up at the end of the day and he would not leave the classroom without his blanket. So the whole school's disrupted because he's walking out screaming for yeah. his blankie. Here's... Here's the heart. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I love that you're in this podcast. And, and you actually now reminded me of another mom um, who was with us two years ago with a very, very similar <clears throat> child. And this little guy was so intense. Like, he would be like, he would be screaming on the way down the hallway. And, and if I would say good morning to him, he would get louder and louder and louder. And so then I would finally look and say... I, I cannot see, I'm going to give him a fake name. I cannot see David coming down the hallway. I see mom. Where's David today? And the, and the little boy would get really quiet and go like, what, what, what are you talking about? Like, I am right here. I had to flip the whole script on him. And, and, but if I said, I hear you, I see you, I am not going to acknowledge you because that's going to make you angry. And I recognize that and, and support that, but I'm still going to engage at another safe level. Wink, wink. All of, he was laughing. Yeah. I mean, and then I had to repeat that game for six months. Yeah. So I'm not, I think black and, here's what else I know. If you slow down an intense child, and I, do you have some slow to warm up in you? We're, Definitely. Okay. Does he have slow to warm up? You say like you like know. to watch from the yeah. side. I mean, I think that like this watching back sometimes that's just a power position. Like I'm in charge. This is my kingdom. So it, sometimes that's equally intense. I don't. You might be using your strategies to comfort and and explain because the, the where else does temperament matter? It matters for how we comfort, how we support, how we encourage, how we communicate. So you're investing a lot in a slow to warm up strategy that may just be freaking him out yeah i mean i keep trying all different things yeah you know just okay running in running out you know try okay touch all the stuff then we'll go or you know it's and the and the and back to to, to dylan and then we'll come back to figuring out where your challenges are <laughs> um is that you know your move. It's like it's not going to be. These are not children that are consistent day yep. after day. You don't get to have with the intense child. What worked on Monday will not work on Thursday. Yep. What what worked at the beginning of the day isn't going to work at the end of the day. They are unpredictable. They are they are not routine kids. They didn't sleep wet on schedules. They didn't eat on schedules. They, they were not predictable. Yeah. They, you know, it's like you find little, okay, so I'll carry a thing of puffs in the car. So that, okay, you want puffs? Great, get in the car seat. Okay, so that was a distraction. And that worked for a while. Then it was like every day coming out. We didn't even get out the door of the school, and it was puffs, puffs, puffs. Okay, so we know we have to have snack in the car. Fine. Well, now snack has to be in a cup, and the cup has to have a lid. And then okay. he has to take the lid off himself. It, it's just... Okay, so it's now hilarious. we're back to your original question, and that was, and it's, it is the question of the day, is how do I honor temperament, keep myself sane, which wasn't part of your question, but it is part of the question, and teach them resilience, flexibility, adaptability, and self-management, which isn't a short-term skill. I mean, this is what we're spending all of the early childhood years for the foundation on. So, yes... And, and, and now you're going to go, now let's go back to sleep. Let's go back to meal times. Let's go back to all the earlier challenges that you've already, you've already managed well. And that is you create a little bit of flexibility. You honor where they are. 
but you set the boundaries. And so, you know what? I'm bringing puffs. You know what? You can have them in this container or this container, or you can have your meltdown. We do a lot of choices. Choices? A lot. Everything is, do you want this one or do you want this one? Will he pick? Yes. Okay, you're good for now. Next year, yeah. he's gonna be, he's gonna pick C. So right now, that's working for you. But and what you're where you're gonna move from that is the reason that we give them choices isn't because it's a game or a manipulation. The reason we give them the choices is because we want them to have some sense of power. We want them to have control. And so developmentally, what's gonna happen is instead of you shaping those choices for them, you're gonna say. You know what? I don't have the lid to the cup. How else can you eat your puffs today? Let me know, and then I'll pass them back. Now you're going to give him more and more responsibility for his care, his choice, and his adaptability. So, yes, you do have to set the boundaries. Um, You're going to be as flexible as you can be. But you still have to get places. You know, this is why the tantrums and the power struggles always come. Because they can wait you out. They can make you crazy. They, ha- they can play you. But you have to... But that's why your sanity is part of the equation. So, but yes, some boundaries. Do you boundaries. Have with Dylan? He's not really... No, because the other part of his personality is easy. Yeah. Which, like I said, is another opposite of myself and my husband. Because yeah. we're not easygoing people. But... He was, he's, he's been sleeping through the night since six and a half months. I mean, he sleeps 12, 12 and a half hours. He, yeah. He's very easy to redirect. I mean, I don't think he ever cries, you know, hard for more than like 30 seconds. Yeah. I can always distract him or get him, you know, into a toy or, you know, so he's, he's given me a break in those areas. Yes. And that's sort of fascinating to us too, because a lot of people comment on, wow, you know, this kid is really an easygoing child and that's kind of like fun and, and perplexing as well to us, but I love it about him. But where, you know, our challenges come in is, you know, he doesn't tantrum, he doesn't get angry, um, but if he's pushed too much, you know, he just, he, he cries, he withdraws, and, and he becomes clingy. So that's been my challenge, Perfect. you know, is Thank you. The, the clinginess, and it's, it's, it's mommy. It is, it is clingy to mommy, it is, it is me and me alone that he's clingy to, and I have a hard time not just giving into it because I'm very affectionate yes. and I, in a weird way, enjoy of course. comforting and holding on to him. But in a weird way, Brooke loves <laughs> the walking it. down the hallway. If you had infinite time, you want to point out everything in that hallway. You, <laughs> She just made a face. <laughs> not on video. All right, but yes, you, the, the, the challenge you, it can be the clinginess. That's it for is sure. Is the clinginess, and I'm so glad you brought that up because there's the other temperament. <laughs> the The intense child is going to be loud. It's going to she's he or she's going to be expressive. It's going to be whole body. It's going to be space. When 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 that intense temperament child, you know, is in that social conflict, they might be kicking and pushing. Right. A, a, a slow to warm up child shows distress mildly. Mm-hmm. They they go back. They go. They have a retreat. A, a, and they have the, the the withdrawal. The retreat. The where's my safety? And then it's it's almost the the quiet whimper. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a softness. And so and again that. And, and, and I'm just going to say this stereotypically, not to pick on Brett, because I know Brett's a great dad. Right. But the idea, like, from a male point of view, it's a softer expression than the more physical, external, where the girls who are intense are very ungirl-like, mm-hmm. according to those gender stereotypes, and the slow-to-warm-up boys have a different leadership style and a different well, kind of sensitivity. Yeah, well, I mean, well, Brett, if Dylan gets upset, Brett's answer is, well, let's roughhouse and let's have fun and let me throw you in the air and let me put you on my shoulders. And Dylan's like, ah, it just gets worse because yes. he's like, wait a minute, I need to just be like quiet and just be held and just yeah, have my yeah. back rubbed. And Brett has learned that. But yeah. Brett's instinct. That's right. And, That's you know, right. I'm, I'm pregnant with another child, and I, I just I have a funny feeling that this baby and Brett are going to be like peas and carrots and roughhousing yes. all the time, and Brett's going to get to do that. But Dylan's not that kind of a kid. Yeah, yeah. He just, he's not. Like, he doesn't respond, you know, especially if he's upset to being thrown in the air and giggles and fun. He doesn't want that right then. He wants the the soft hug, the kiss, the encouragement, 
You know, that's what he's looking you, for. I think 50% of parents out there have a child that's different than those instincts, whatever their instincts you are. Have to learn. And so that's so that's why this podcast is so important, I think, is to reassure um, Brett theoretically right <laughs> I'm only saying his name because but but that idea that like yes your instinct is this and as the parent you know I'm going to love both of my children the same but one is going to be familiar and we had another mom and dad that was like that 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 actually said each child resembled each of them and so one parent had to had to like be the go-to parent on this child and you 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 really will come from different strengths but having different temperaments in the house stretches everybody in the house mm-hmm. to be more flexible and adaptable so you have to because you're intense parents your beautiful, gentle, slow to warm up child is going to be really comfortable with big personality people, because and with big does, and with, a, with, he with big he does imitate us, and he's so funny. Like he'll pretend he's on the phone all the time, and he does it with like our inflection. And our, he will not be intimidated. <laughs> he will not be put off. And again, you are you're creating adaptability and flexibility by giving an intense child that kind of easiness and 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 the slowness that says okay now slow down because mommy needs you to slow down to and 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 by the time they're teenagers they'll laugh you know yeah my mom's gonna correct me this way my dad's gonna lecture me this way Mm -hmm. you know then they read you really really well so it's all okay um and and the other i and but so and then back to your original question which is what do i how do i respond to the clinginess so the principles of parenting are exactly the same as Brooks' pep talk about how do I say goodbye at that door? How do I honor his intensity? How do I create the strategies that will work? And how do I keep him moving forward in a way for everyone else? And and figure out if the school is, is honoring him or betraying him. The same for you is how do I provide the comfort, the support, the security, but I don't want to make him more clingy. No, I want to give him confidence as well. Yes. I do. Yes. Right. Like, I don't want to just create this person that mommy's going to come make it all okay all the time and he's just going to come whimpering to well me. Well said. So, well said. No, the confidence is a big thing. And, you know, I, he's, he's really surprised and shocked me because once he does get comfortable, he's all in. So he's all, all in. And, you know, we did just separate at the at the other yes. temple where yes. I'm doing Mommy and Me. And he's surprised. I mean, I cried. He didn't cry one bit. Yes. He was in every Why? Because he's had the last few months to really get to know the room, really get to know Perfect. the kids. And he was ready. Yes. And he had the confidence, and there was not a problem. The problem was me clinging and crying at the door, let him go, the door shut, and then I cried. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) You know, so you just, you learn and you you respect them. But yes, I want to make sure that my kid doesn't get pushed around. I want to make sure that he's confident. And so here's, and I'm going to put these questions back to both of you. Let me just double check our time. Oh, we're going a little bit longer. Okay, so this (laughs) is the last question before the wrap-up. And it's a big question because it's the everything question. And that is, you want him to be confident, and, and so absolutely, and in the, in, the, in the newsletter, which I will repost again next Tuesday when we post the podcast, I spend a lot of time, or a little bit of time, making the comparison between the slow to warm up child and the child who's called slow and watchful, or in the name of the new book that was written for adults a few years back, Quiet. Mm-hmm. the strength of a quiet leader. Mm-hmm. And that was written for the grown-ups of the world who do not have the intense temperament, type A personality mm-hmm. leadership that is so dominant in our culture. Mm-hmm. A lot of the world has moved forward with quiet leadership. And so I don't believe that his clinginess is a lack of confidence. I just believe that it's a different path to his confidence. To step along the way. And so the way that I said it before, before we turned on the podcast was, I don't have an easy bone in my body. People who know me and see me in my world say, well, you look happy, confident, secure. I am. But I hate change. You know, when I mean, I am slow to warm up and difficult. And so I am a happy person, but I am not going to express happy the way an easy person does. I'm going, I'm, and so the question for you is, 
How, and, and, and so the strategy of how do you get him to be confident is to keep moving him forward while honoring where they are, yeah. but but finding those, I, I call it connect the dots, because that's all you can really do is connect one dot to the next. And when you see them with the successes and you saw him be successful in his first transition, mm-hmm. you know it's working. Now, I promise you, there's going to be a change either while he's still in his transition class, because I always say there's an intense child who is who is eager to, to separate because they want they want the experience, they want to see the novelty, they want to prove it to themselves. And once they prove it to themselves, they're like, okay, I did it, to heck with you, and now watch me have the biggest tantrum at the door. <laughs> because now it's like, I showed you I can do it, now I'm retreating into my own my way stuff, and you will find a new kind of resistance that then you just have to say, let it out, guy, I love you, dude, have it, and we'll see you on the other side. So the strategies are tricky. So The strategy conf- is definitely get him comfortable his way, yeah. And build that confidence and then let him soar because he does every time. I really, it's like, I get you, Dylan. I do. It's like any other relationship. You learn, you know, it is a dance and you learn who somebody else is and you you learn what they need. And I, I, I don't have it all figured out, that's for sure. But I think I understand how to get him to a place and allow him that time that he needs yes. and his way, even though I don't get it. Even though it might not be the way I would approach things, and then I do know that if I allow that, and it might take a very long time, he will be happy, and he will be confident, and he yes. will be social. And so he is already let it in be. every age. And let so it be. when you have that question, when they're clingy or when they're vocal, uh, you say, "Oh no." You, you, your anxiety kicks off, your doubt, your mommy guilt, your frustration, and you say, am I creating, you know, a clingy child? Am I creating um, a, 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 I don't know, I don't know what the word, you know, whatever, Julie. a temp, you know, <laughs> am I creating, a, you know, a child who is, um, re, you know, resistance or oppositional? I don't know. But the answer is no, because you know better you know that that's what they need. So what do you know about happy and confidence, Brooke, given Julian's strategies? I see him as a very happy and confident child, regardless of whether he's covered in tears because he wants the blue marker or whatever it may be at that second. Yeah, yeah. But it really I mean, it all comes from a confidence. I, don't, I guess it really is innate because... And we talked before... It just comes out. Um, and, and it's this idea that there are many ways for each child to be themselves. And so in the newsletter, and we were talking about it before because uh, Brooke is looking at a program that's a Reggio program. And one of the biggest things, and everybody should just Google this, it's the 100 languages of children. And, and, and it's so, 100 languages of children of a child. But it's, it's, the, it's from the Reggio philosophy. And what it says is, Every child has its own way of expressing himself. Every child has their own imagination. Every child has their own way of synthesizing, analyzing, bringing themselves to you, to the world, and to their friends, and to all of learning. And if we can respect and honor that, as we create the forward motion to, yes, I want you to be kind, compassionate, intelligent, problem-solving, resilient, you keep, you keep track of that goal. And that just is, okay, so what do I need to offer to help him be confident, to help him be happy, to help him adjust to a new school, a new teacher, a new routine, a new baby? And, and you always have those answers right at your fingertips. And I don't want to give anybody formulas because I want people to invest themselves in that relationship. I think there's a small part of it, too, that especially I think as first-time moms, is that we underestimate them. Yes. And so we, we're kind of feeding into this less mature way of dealing with them than what they're actually capable of. Or they understand when they make these connections that, at least for me... You don't expect, and, and so for me, and I don't know if this helps when you, when you, when you're in a struggle, because you never know that you've underestimated them till you get to the right. other side, and it's always the teachers or somebody else that says, or the husband or the grandmother that says, he can do this, and you're like, oh, look, he can. Is is that idea of 
I like searching for children's edges. I want to challenge them, both out of curiosity, wonder, and even in their emotional life, to say, show me how far I can bring you into this. That's the, that's the, this, this walking of a tightrope, this yin and yang. This is the, the trial and error. If you, you know, some days you're just on automatic pilot. Some days you just got to get out of the house. But some days you want to know, is he capable? And I almost think you want to ask yourself to play with that on a regular basis. Yeah, which is yeah. the teacher in me where, anyway, so let's go to wrap up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How have you got this? Knowing your children's temperament, your temperament, and I didn't, Brooke didn't get to talk about dad's temperament, but and knowing. That's a separate the, 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 <laughs> It is. But, but all the other temperaments that you meet in the world. And it's because you have to be their advocate as well as their teacher and their guide. I just, I respect it. I love all these little kids I've come to know and watch grow from little babies to now toddlers. And um, I think it's fascinating. I, I respect and I honor all their different little personalities and I just I think it's such a cool thing and um, you know I've just learned to let go that not not everybody has to do it like I do it and it's all okay so you're not 100% difficult that's for sure (laughs) 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 they balance us I guess Mm -hmm. right and I think that's that's the beauty of it is being open to the roller coaster. It is, and I love that because what temperament is, if it's anything, it's giving them the chance to lead. And so when you're allowing him to balance, it's allowing him to show you what he needs best in these situations. And you guys are great listeners and great observers. Thank you, I adore you both. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow, listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey, loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend. Or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Deerwester, and check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at at FamilyTimeInc and Instagram at Karen underscore FamilyTime. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Littman for the great intro. And thanks to the front and the follow for the song Listen. We are listening. See you next week.